0: Sword and Laser is brought to you by you. If you get a dollar's worth of value from the show, how about giving us a dollar back? Head over to patreon.com and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont.
1: And you know me. Wait, who am I? I'm Tom Merritt.
0: Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, amazing discussions from fans like you. How's it going, Tom? It's a
1: kickoff day. I'm I'm getting more excited about kicking off new books uh, because I have improved my ability to read more books over the years that we have done the show.
0: Oh, so you're you're really like packing them in?
1: I read like three books in December. Which I used to not be able to read more than like a book every two months.
0: That's awesome. Did you just have more time, more free time? Were you no. doing them in different ways, like audiobook or <laughs> if what? If anything,
1: I might have had less time, but yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I'm definitely using more audiobooks and just finding more time to read. And uh, with this month's book, which we'll get to, we'll actually kick it off at the end of the show, The Goblin Emperor by Catherine Edison, I'm doing the whisper sync thing where you have the Kindle version and then the Audible version at the same time. And wow, does that improve? increase your ability to read because you can read when you can't play an audiobook, but then you can play an audiobook when you can't read. So you're I always know. reading.
0: I did that last time and it worked really well. And then this time I just got the audiobook cause I had a lot of other book books to read and now I'm regretting it. And I might go back and actually buy the Kindle version as well mm-hmm. so I can sync them up um, because it's I love this book so far. It yeah. is, it is, but. It's a business expense,
1: Tom. That's right.
0: You can write it off, Tom.
1: Thank you patrons <laughs> for that for allowing they us to We don't
0: have anything have to do this. that. What are you talking well, yeah, about? They do. We, what we could have written that off no matter what.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just taxes. saying like, if we don't have patrons, Veronica, we don't have a business. And if we don't have a business, we don't have to pay the taxes. If I we would don't pay personally taxes,
0: still write this off because I am my own business for myself. Veronica. So I would say that sword and laser is part of my business and write those books off. So
1: are and you so trying are you. to say you shouldn't thank the patrons?
0: We should absolutely <laughs> bow down before the mighty patrons. Exactly. They are amazing. Exactly.
1: But I would still exactly. be
0: looking for legal and tax loopholes <laughs> in order to write off the books. Let's if just they put did this not way. exist.
1: If you're supporting the show at patreon.com slash sword and laser, you're keeping Veronica out of jail. It's kind of the upshot of what she's saying right now.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine the legal fees I have I would have to go through <laughs> to hire like a tax lawyer and do all that
1: what a kerfuffle yeah. that would be. Exactly.
0: So thank you, all of you. All right. Well, Tom, what are you what are you drinking today?
1: I'm not anything drinking. Good? I'm, tired. I'm tired.
0: Oh, I'm not drinking anything either.
1: <laughs> really? We oh old? we're so sad.
0: Oh, we are sad. Why are you drinking anything? I have a Bollywood dance class tonight.
1: You're joking. No. <laughs> That's amazing. So the next so, time I, mean, I see I could you, be drunk can you just that. like j- like leap out into the road and like a hundred other people will jump out behind you and you'll just start doing a dance?
0: In my wildest dreams. Yes. That is how it's going to be from now <laughs> that on. Is going in fact, I if I do that at Dragon Con and I don't get a hundred people in costumes dancing behind me to a really elaborate Bollywood number, I'm going to be really sad. Now really can- sad.
1: I cannot wait for right. Dragon because that's absolutely going to happen.
0: I hope that happens. So much good stuff at Dragon Con. But hey, we have a whole show to get through. We got a book kickoff to jump into. So let's start things off with the Quick Burns.
1: These are submitted by you. Well, you if you're Mark in the first case, or some of the other people. But thank you to everybody who posts up suggestions for the Quick Burns on Goodreads.com. We always have more than we have time for. In fact, we we had a hard time squeezing in the ones for this week because there's so much good stuff. So let's get to it right away. Nebula nominees are up. Thank you, Mark, including our March pick, the Goblin Emperor and February's pick Annihilation. And so Mark challenges us, will the Supreme sword and laser go out on a limb and predict a winner?
0: Mm, Well, I haven't finished reading the Goblin Emperor yet, so I can't make a super great judgment call. Um, but I'm going to say, like I could think predict, probably you could just Annihilation's going to win. I'm going to guess uh, and say Annihilation's going to win. Well, that, and we should, a, we so should point Supreme out sword. That's what we're saying.
1: Yeah. Trial by fire by Charles Gannon, ancillary sword by Anne Leckie, the three body problem by Shishin Liu and Ken Liu translated and coming home by Jack McDevitt are the other novels up against Annihilation and the Goblin Emperor. I don't think Anne Leckie repeats, although she probably deserves to, uh, I kind of wonder about the three-body problem, just from reading the buzz out there.
0: Mm, I just feel like Annihilation has more buzz.
1: It has more buzz. Mm, God, it has a lot of buzz. You're right.
0: There's a lot of buzz. There's so much buzz. And it, and not only was it popular in genre fiction, but it also it broke out into the mainstream.
1: Yeah. And well, that could work against it, though. Some Maybe. some voters might go, Well, I don't know if that even deserves to be. Oh, you know. Not that I agree with that, but like that, that could be an effect um, on their I
0: objectively and- say that this does not belong <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, under novella, we've got We Are All Completely Fine by Daryl Gregory, Yesterday's Kin by Nancy Crest, The Regular by Ken Liu. <laughs> the mothers of vorhisville by mary rickert calendrical regression by lawrence Schoen, and grand Jete, the great leap by rachel sworsky yay rachel
0: too. oh awesome is it jeté
1: jeté grand jeté i would
0: say i would get i would guess (laughs) uh
1: something like that it's one of those it's my guess
0: um, so that's they also very exciting.
1: And short stories and novelettes and the Ray Bradbury award for outstanding dramatic presentation. Tom, we're going to make these quick burns good.
0: today. Remember we have to, we okay, have to move yeah.
1: on. Well, I didn't look the categories to fill. I know,
0: with. but well, if you guys want to see the full list, you can head over to sword We have a post about the Nebula nominees. Um, and of course, if you're going to be there, Nebula awards weekend, June 4th to, uh, June 4th to June 7th, that's going to be over at the Palmer house Hilton in Chicago. So that would be very exciting to go see. I would like to do that sometime. All right, I'm going to make this Um, real
1: quick. Philip K. Dix, the man in the high castle, got picked up for a full season by Amazon. Yay! (laughs) Yay!
0: That is great. That is awesome. And I'm excited because, um, as David posted in the forums, China Mieville's The City and the City may be coming to television. This is not definite yet, um, but this is one of my favorite China Mieville books. um, And I would be really interested to see how they adapt it for television because it has one of the most interesting conceits for like different locations of all time, I would say, like layering cities over another city and like Ooh. being able to see the denizens of that other city, but not really be able to interact with them. Um, and Tony so-
1: Grissoni, who wrote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas's screenplay, has been working on a four-part adaptation.
0: Mm, very exciting. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that potentially happening.
1: Oh, also thanks to Rob for posting the man in the High Castle news. I forgot to, to credit him. Onward <laughs> to Alistair, uh, who says, This sounds great. Kazuo Ishiguro is writing a novel with elves and ogres. If you don't know that name, Kazuo Ishiguro wrote Remains of the Day. He's a... Japanese-born British author. He grew up in in England. Uh, The new novel will be called The Buried Giant, is set after the departure of the Romans from Britain, draws on Arthurian themes while being influenced Mm. by samurai movies and westerns. What is not to love about this?
0: Well, you know, actually, the way that's described, it doesn't sound that different from a lot of stuff that's already kind of out there.
1: But it's Kazuo it Ishiguro who's writing uh, okay, it.
0: Okay, okay. Okay. And it's I'm going just to be
1: influenced by samurai movies. Arthurian themes influenced by samurai movies. You got your chocolate and my peanut butter.
0: <laughs> that sounds weirdly dirty. I don't know why. It probably it is. Does. Don't look
1: it up on, on, on the... Urban uh,
0: Dictionary. <laughs>
1: Urban Dictionary, because it probably means something horrible. But I... And also, I'm a sucker for uh, the time period after the Romans left Britain personally. Okay,
0: I know you are a big Anglophile. I have like an entire shelf episodes. of books
1: about uh, pre and post Roman Britain.
0: Yes. Um, also upcoming things, uh, British things that may be of interest to our listeners. Um, Becky Chambers is going to have uh, what she self published her first science fiction novel last summer. Um, and wait, what is the story about? I missed. Well, the, I missed the clincher here somehow. Uh,
1: S- um, Stephen writes that Becky Chambers' well-reviewed, self-published *The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet* has been picked up by Tor for wider distribution.
0: There we go. Thank you. See, if I had read the thing that Stephen had wrote, I would have known what the <laughs> article was about
1: yeah <laughs> so uh this is this is tor picking up an indie author uh and the long way to a small angry planet has apparently been very popular uh and so yeah this is this is fantastic
0: I missed that one so maybe I should go back and check it out.
1: Yeah, I was thinking we might. I might consider this for the, uh, you know what we should do? I want to do a vote for the next laser or my next pick, since we kind of flip-flopped in the last two, Uh, but I want to do a laser pick next time. And I was thinking of doing an indie, like submit indie authors. Uh, And so maybe this could lead the way to say like, hey, we want to consider this one. Are there others that you guys are into? And then maybe we do a vote or something like that.
0: Very cool. Oh, this next story has been making the rounds like crazy oh, yeah. this past week. Um, Louis says the Blade Runner sequel gets its director and star, Dallas Villeneuve, vil, 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 Villeneuve. 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 Villeneuve uh, is in negotiations to direct yes. Harrison MFing Harrison Ford. Ford. Ha- Harrison Ford. Any French How- listeners right now are like, guys, pleasure. shut up.
1: Shut up. Just shut up. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. This is Could do amazing.
0: Harrison Ford. Uh,
1: yeah. Harrison so, Ford. and I, and I think, uh, Warren also posted Harrison Ford officially being cast as Deckard, uh, cause I'm not sure if the variety show or if the variety article was, uh, uh, firm on it. Oh no, we are honored that Harrison is joining us. So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they, they both posted the same story essentially, but Ridley
0: Scott is going to produce, uh,
1: Denis Villeneuve directed Prisoners. If you like, I that. don't
0: know what that is.
1: Well, I don't know what You have is. the internet.
0: <laughs> well, if I'd Google prisoners, I guess I'd have to put his name in there as well. That's
1: yeah. I would find it. You do Google Don't,
0: don't, don't. don't let me Google do. that for you. Don't you dare <laughs> let me Google that for you. We're on a all show work. where we're talking about things. You're allowed to explain the things.
1: Enemy and étude yeah. en sur l'influence de son sur la persistance retainienne. Obviously. As we Obviously. We all know. Except pronounced correctly in French. All
0: right, you take this next one. I have to take off my sweatshirt. It's Keller
1: Dove's here. daughter and her friend go missing. He takes matters into his own hands as the police pursue multiple leads and the pressure mounts. But just how far will this desperate father go to protect his family? That's Prisoners. Came out in September of 2013. I'm back. All right.
0: Did you have a nice chat?
1: I did. I told people what Prisoners was. Did you miss it?
0: Oh, I did.
1: Uh, it came out in 2013 I'm the one who and it's <laughs> basically a guy who wants to get his family back. Oh, Dara said Paramount is trying to acquire the rights to the stars. My destination by Alfred Bester.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And we have other adaptation news as well. Cause David says that Brian singer is looking to adapt. The moon is a harsh mistress by Heinlein. Uh, he says, apparently they're going to rename it uprising Maybe they're just using it to mine it for elements instead of really adapting it? Is the original famous title that movie unfriendly? I don't know. That's weird. Okay, Brian's I mean, the f- guy
1: behind X Men, X Men First yeah. Class, all that. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you, um, have,
0: did you not know who that was? Did, should no, I? No, in case that there are you?
1: people in the audience who didn't know, I just mm-hmm. thought I'd throw that out for them. Because we're well, the.
0: That's, isn't that crazy? Why would they want to I- rename it?
1: A big same reason that Blade Runner is not called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. The moon what? is a harsh mistress. They're just like, uh, first of all, they're, get, they're betting that very few people know that book. You go with the book title when the book is so well-known that it's an advantage. But if the book is not that well-known, I mean, it's well-known amongst all of us in that are either listening or participating in this podcast, right? But the general public probably don't know it. And then the moon is a harsh mistress doesn't really uh, you know that's not the kind of title you would see on a hollywood blockbuster directed by brian singer so they try to come up with some other name i'm not sure uprising is well i wish they wouldn't
0: be such pussies about it because (laughs) that's dumb and lame
1: i'm not saying it's right but i'm just explaining like that's the thought process i'm pretty sure
0: okay well you heard it from me first i'm calling brian singer a
1: pussy wow you hear that brian singer Veronica just God, called Keep me.
0: Just keep it real. Just keep it real, man. Like, come on,
1: like, take some, take some risks. Yeesh.
0: Take, I am a harsh mistress. You're
1: doing, you're having an uprising.
0: Oh, I don't want it named that. That's so dumb. Anyway, all right.
1: Dumb. I mean, that is what happens. The moon, I'm not spoiler alert, but it's about a rebellion on the moon, so it is an uprising.
0: Well, at least I call it moon uprising then.
1: <laughs> call it United Moon Calling. Luna,
0: Luna uprising. Loon (laughs) Loon Uprising. (laughs) All right, now we're making it worse. Now we're terrible. (laughs) Let's move on. All right, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And we got an email from Travis who writes, I also wanted to comment on the topic of alternative sexuality in sci-fi. It's funny because it seems like the last few books I've read in the genre are in fact exploring the idea that in the future, sexuality isn't your standard hetero relationship. The Commonwealth Saga by Peter F. Hamilton had many different types of partnering as a standard course throughout which also continued in his The Dreaming Void series, also Hollow World by Michael J. Sullivan, had a very experimental play on sexuality, can't go into it since, well, spoilers, and was really the whole point of the book. I know these are just a few books, but it feels like many of the newer books coming out have mixed things up, or at least not taken a hetero relationship as a standard assumption.
1: I, cool. th- yeah, no, it's good, good insight, Travis, because I think you're right. N- authors who write science fiction are trying to project the future, not necessarily always predict, but project some kind of believable future. And that's always rooted in the realities of our current situation. And Mm -hmm. with things like, you know, gay marriage uh, and, and, and different kinds of relationships becoming more commonplace or at least more accepted, then you're going to see authors reflecting that. And, and I think that, that you're pointing out some some great examples of how that's just becoming sort of, oh well, that's the reality today. So why wouldn't it be even more so in the future? Or 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 where would it evolve from in the future? That that's always yeah. the question of science fiction.
0: I guess you could really take it one of two ways. Either that just becomes a norm or there's some kind of rebellion against that. And yeah. it goes, you know, the opposite way. Um, but then that would be a major plot point too, I would imagine, or a major part of that world. But if if history just continues along its its path as it is, and yeah, th- we are going to see a lot more relationships featured that way in books.
1: And um, Kim Stanley Robinson has been has been writing this way for a long time, as I think I mentioned last time. So thank you, Travis. Good mm-hmm. good email.
0: Yeah, great great email. Thank you. All right. Book of the month discussion. We are kicking off a new book for the month of March. It is March 4th right now as we are recording. Oh, by the way, I forgot to uh, make a note on the website. I was going to, um, but we are releasing at least for the next six weeks or so uh, the show on Wednesday night instead of Tuesday. Oh, hi.
1: It's Wednesday if you hadn't noticed.
0: It is Wednesday, and uh, so maybe you're getting this Thursday morning, or maybe you're getting this Wednesday night, and you're like, where was this yesterday? Um, I have a class now on Tuesday afternoons that uh, conflicts with sword and laser, so just for the time being at least, um, you'll be seeing the episode on Wednesdays, and maybe we'll go back to Tuesdays after, But or maybe we will This is not your Bollywood
1: class, though. This is a different class?
0: That is a different class, yes. Bollywood dancing does not conflict with- um, What class is on Tuesdays? Yeah. uh, Dog agility.
1: So you're learning agility.
0: I'm beca- learning to become agile with my dog. Yes, no, it's- no. This is
1: cool. <laughs> she- actually, I, I, I didn't think you would be reluctant. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to push you into that because I think it's awesome that your dog is going to be taking agility classes and doing like crazy jumps and cool stuff.
0: Yeah, she's she has a lot of energy and she. It's it's a good like team building exercise between the two of us. And so um, we're going, we did a few trial classes and now we're going for the full thing. So it's it's really fun so far. I highly recommend it. Awesome. Um, But we are talking about the goblin emperor by katherine addison Uh, that is our book pick for march and yeah i'm already really enjoying it um so it's actually a she has a pen name um her her other name or her given name is sarah monette and um this is like a really big book for her i mean this is if i'm if i'm correct i believe this is her first novel uh, no, I'm sorry. It's not her first novel. Um, but it It's is Catherine Addison's first one. novel. It's <laughs> Catherine, <laughs> Catherine Addison's first novel. It's not terrible. <laughs> that's a it. good point. That may have been what I heard. Yeah. Um, it is the only book so far released under the pen name Catherine Addison. So that's probably what I was thinking of.
1: Uh, yeah. I tell you what I want to do because we've both started reading this and I want us to be free to talk about it. So we'll we'll set up the book for people who haven't started it right now. We'll see, we'll tell you a little bit more about Catherine Edison slash Sarah Monette. Then we'll give you a fair warning, and I want to talk a little bit about the early part of the book. Uh, but yeah, I, I looked on... Catherine Addison's website. There is a Catherine Addison website and there is a Sarah Monette website. And on the CatherineAddison.com website, uh, she has a fact, and it says, why a pseudonym? Uh, And she says, because publishing is deeply, deeply weird. And then later down on the fact, she does go into a little more detail and it mostly has to do with the fact that her contract was not renewed by Ace. And then she was picked up as an author by Tor, but Tor didn't want her to publish under Sarah Monette. And and she doesn't go into why, but I can guess it has to do with branding or confusion or whatever. Mm. So she has to publish under Catherine Addison. And Sarah Monette, We've talked about her before on the show or and on the video show when we interviewed Elizabeth Bear because she's written two books with Elizabeth Bear, uh, Companion to Wolves and The Tempering Men. They are currently working on a third book together called An Apprentice to Elves. She's written, I believe it's four books in the Doctrine of Labyrinths series under the name Sarah Monette uh, and she's more than 50 short stories. Uh, she won a Spectrum Award in 2003 for her short story, Three Letters from the Queen of Elfland. But this is a Breakout hit for somebody who's actually been a very successful author for years.
0: Yeah, gosh, I bet Ace must be kicking themselves now that she's got <laughs> a nebula, nebula nomination for best novel. Like, oh, oops, sorry. um she's, she's Yeah, she was this
1: novel since two thousand
0: three. Wow. Yeah, she was born in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Uh, she has a doctorate in English lit renaissance drama dissertation on ghosts in English renaissance revenge tragedy, which is like probably the best topic for a dissertation I can possibly think of. That sounds awesome. <laughs> like your uh, research she goes
1: on... revenge tragedy. That's pretty awesome.
0: But specifically ghosts in English yeah. renaissance revenge tragedy. So... Cool, that's awesome. Um, she goes on to say, "I collect books, and my husband collects computer parts." So our living space is the constantly contested border between these two imperial ambitions. I can totally relate to that um, in my house as well. And she rides dressage, which uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's like fancy horse stuff.
1: Yeah, I've seen it on Universal Sports Channel before.
0: <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but she has a Holsteiner cross named Milo. And she's a gamer. She's a Civ, Civ fan. She plays Diablo. And uh, so I'm liking her more and more. She's my kind of uh, lady.
1: The Goblin Emperor is... It's basically is,
0: agility. It's basically horse agility.
1: It kind like, of is, isn't that it? That's a good yeah. point. Uh, the Goblin Emperor is a standalone book. She say, she has said there will be no direct sequel, although she might revisit the same world. Uh, she doesn't have any immediate plans, but she doesn't. she's not going to make a sequel to this. So you're not getting dragged into a whole series. And she says, uh, she said in an interview with the Book Plank, I wrote it because I wanted to write a story with elves and airships. plain and, and simple.
0: They have that. They have airships. They have pneumatic tubes. They have all sorts of fun stuff. It feels vaguely steampunky in many ways. Yeah, they have um, gaslight. hmm So yeah, it's um. All right. So I guess do you want to talk about the book a little bit, or do you want to save that for the next episode? Yeah. Should so we so
1: do the non-spoilery warning? the non-spoilery setup is that uh, you have. A an heir to the throne who is many, many times removed and living far away from the, the capital because he is sort of an unwanted child of the fourth empress that the emperor really didn't love. I may, I may be wrong on the number there. Maybe she was the third. But anyway, he is not likely to ever accede to the throne. So they just sort of want to keep him out of the way because they're embarrassed. And then an airship crash happens And kills all the other heirs so he gets thrust into the spotlight uh that's the book jacket description and uh the rest follows from there so if you don't want to be spoiled stop listening right now
0: right so we're we're definitely so maya is the name of the uh the main protagonist in this story and people in the forums were already saying that was a little bit confusing because typically that's a more feminine sounding name
1: well let me just let me just stop you right there veronica everyone in the forums is complaining about all kinds of things being confusing. The spelling of the names, the pronunciation of the names, the use of the Royal. We like people. This is not a book that you could just pick up and be like, Oh, totally familiar. Like she has really created an intricate world here.
0: Right. Um, Oh gosh, I already got kind of spoiled just reading the synopsis on Wikipedia. Damn it. Yeah, don't Anyway, don't do that. I didn't think it was going to be in the synopsis. Ah! Ah! That's what stop the synopsis reading, That's why it's called Wikipedia synopsis. Page. It
1: summarizes the entire. Plot. I don't know. That's what synopsis okay. is.
0: <laughs>
1: don't spoil me.
0: I'm not going to. Although it was already something I kind of thought was probably going to happen anyway, but
1: whatever, um, <laughs> but okay. Backing up. What do you think of that intricate world? I- is it off putting to you? Because a lot of people in the forums are saying it's off putting or does it draw you in?
0: The only thing I found off putting was the, the constant use of serenity. Um, I think just cause I've heard that word so often, it's becoming <laughs> it almost like a, a joke firefly. in my mind. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't make me think of Firefly, although now it will because he said that. Um, But it it, just—if you think of it as your highness, I think if 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 the word instead was your highness, no one would be noticing this kind of stuff. But because she's invented her own world, where
1: what? Yeah, uh, no, I'm uh, just—I think if she used her your highness then it wouldn't be special. This wouldn't feel- No, that's
0: what I'm saying. But she's built her own world where that is the word. And so because we're not used to that, we're paying more attention to it. The royal we doesn't bother me. I'm used to that, that's fine. I I got used to hearing that pretty quickly. Um, Some of the names are a little bit confusing. I'm still getting some names like crossed with other people, trying to remember who is who. Um, I have to kind of really dig into the context of the sentence to figure out who they're talking about. Um maybe if I was reading the book uh in text it would be easier cuz I'd be able to you know Oh so you're getting
1: confused even with the audiobook that's interesting because I've seen people say you should definitely listen to the audiobook cuz it's really hard to pronounce the names and I've seen people say you should definitely read the print cuz the names will confuse you if you're just listening to the audiobook which is why I'm really glad I'm doing the both Action. both
0: yeah yeah because the, f- the first time i've already time... seen some names written that i know i know how to pronounce if i heard them but seeing them on the page i don't know what they sound like
1: but yeah the first, first time, time names i went that to I've, reading, I've already like, heard i was like that's that that's what they were saying Dor heshavar right. that's how you spell that uh exactly. there are no unpronounced characters apparently and if you're doing the audiobook or the ebook you might not realize there's a glossary and a guide in the back Ooh,
0: that's good i wonder if that's online anywhere
1: uh well someone in our goodreads forum may or may not have created a paste bin of it (laughs) (laughs) not sure if that's for or not but you know be sure to there we go yes um
0: well that's that's useful um but it is a court it's kind of a court drama um we're you know is a lot of court intrigue a lot of drama there a lot of you know discussions of of who has power who wants power ambassadors uh courtiers so if you're into that kind of thing this is definitely the book for you but even if you're not into that kind of thing i think maya is so likable at least so far that you'll probably just end up enjoying it regardless that's what i think um
1: I think that's probably one of the successes of this book is the fact that you want to root for Maya from the very beginning, and and
0: he's not dumb either. He's not exactly. like this little wayfish. Like I mean, he's a little bit indecisive at first. But I think very quickly he kind of comes into his ability and his power, and you know uses his his smarts, his noggin to to figure things out and to pick people to be close to him that he trusts. So it's not like he's getting pushed around as much as, you know, if you think of like Game of Thrones, for example, he's not. I don't know who who would he who who would be, who gets pushed around a lot in Game of Thrones in power.
1: Well, Joffrey early on, Jon Snow a- does even though he's not actually Why? in power. But Jon Snow is, you know, he's pushed around on the wall and then he, not, I don't want to spoil too much Game of Thrones stuff, but he, you know, yeah, okay. he rises okay. yeah. above it. Um, I don't know about Tommen yet,
0: He's not, he's not like a puppet. What I'm trying to say is he's not a puppet so
1: far. Yeah, well, um, and he could easily turn into a Mary Sue character, right? Like he could mm-hmm. go from like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm thrust into the role of emperor to being like, I have risen to the occasion and I'm all powerful and it's neither of those. She, she does a great job of walking that line, in my opinion, between believable uh, ability to rise to the occasion because he is smart, mm-hmm. but balanced with, ignorance not 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 in unintelligence but just not knowing the court customs and and making mistakes and showing vulnerability and and showing weakness
0: right marty stew
1: he's a yeah i guess it'd be a marty stew that's right uh i i was stunned when i got i'm about 30% in i think right now i was stunned when i got as far as i was like maybe 10% in and realized that we were just following him through his daily court life and it was fascinating like mm. there's nothing happening right like the crash even happens off stage all of this is basically you could summarize it as um, a messenger comes and brings an heir to court who becomes emperor has his coronation goes to a funeral and a party <laughs> Like that's actually, the, those are the things that happen in the first third of the book. Yeah. But that's not, that's not even spoiling the book because that's just the background against which she has painted this rich tapestry of both court intrigue and world building.
0: Oh, we have to decide who we trust too. because Oh, excuse me. Because there's all these characters and, and you never know who is going to... Try to stab him in the back later, or who is actually trustworthy. So I think that's part of the fun—is you know we're only getting his perspective, so we only have as much information as he has.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not far enough I, in I... to know if anybody turns against your expectations.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think you're a little further along than I am, um, but anyway, I'm I'm enjoying it so far, and I think the audiobook sounds great. I really like this reading. I really like the voice actor. Um, so if you're if you're looking for a new listen, definitely potentially check that one out.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to, to look that up real quick because that is a really good performance, and I would like to give credit. I should have noted that before we did the show, actually. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, the, the the reader the narrator did a fantastic job on Katherine Addison, The Goblin Emperor narrated by Kyle McCarley.
0: Oh, neat. I don't know if I've listened to anything else he's done. But maybe yeah, I, don't, done. I,
1: I don't think I have.
0: Very cool. So yeah, definitely. Um, oh, and hey, and 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 just off topic a little bit in, in good news. Um, yeah, I was about to say, you know, pick this up wherever books are sold at your local bookstore or library. And then I was like, hey, Borderlands is saved. Yay! At least for another year.
1: Oh right, that's, yeah. That's
0: that's, that's awesome. very good. So I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not, but um, my favorite bookstore in San Francisco and the one where we hold our in-person sword and laser meetups at the end of every month um, was at risk of going out of business uh, for various reasons. But we had a big town hall meeting and came up with some ideas. And the owners of the store decided to go with a membership program um, that both I, I, that I signed up for. I think you did too, even though you don't live here and Josh signed up for, and like a lot of the book members did, and they got over over 300 people, which was their minimum. And uh, so now the bookstore is staying open at least for another year, and hopefully they can find more sustainable ways to kind of keep things going. But um, I'm really happy, I'm so excited, and we get to have our meetings there still, and it's just nice to see a community come together to save a brick and mortar store that means so much to us.
1: It's like the Patreon model for bookstores
0: exactly they and they didn't want to go the digital route they wanted people to come to the store and hand them the, the membership money and like say hi and be there in person and I, I respect that you know it's like they're trying to build an actual physical community in an actual physical bookstore and you know people came through
1: well and i think it's a smart move because those people are more likely to invest in the store in other ways because they are physically willing to come to the store and they are more likely to continue to support it next year when time comes around versus like some flash in the pan like oh, we got mentioned on a blog and now a bunch of people give us money and then next year they won't care anymore like this is right. this is building better roots smart
0: sustainability yeah totally um but that kind of wraps it up for us this week um let's see our show as we mentioned is funded entirely by our patrons at patreon.com slash sword and laser so thank you to all the folks who back our show and if you want to help out head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser as little as 50 cents makes a difference uh you decide how much you want to pay and whatever we're worth it to you we we love you we we love you so hard so thank you We will you give you big
1: science fiction fantasy hugs through the Mm
0: -hmm.
1: air. Uh, You can also support the show through our store, swordandlaser.com slash store. We have USB drives uh, with sword and laser logos on them. Uh, We have the sword and laser anthology there. We have a mug. Uh, So check that out at swordandlaser.com slash store. Or if you're looking to buy a book, we always uh, put a bunch of the books that are mentioned in every show at swordandlaser.com slash picks. And if you buy them by clicking through there, helps the show out that way as well.
0: uh, That wraps it up Guys if you want to Get in touch with us The email address is Feedback at Swordandlaser.com The website is Swordandlaser.com All of our discussions Happen over on Goodreads.com Slash swordandlaser And if you want to Call and leave us A voicemail The phone number is 415-7-sword-6 We'll see you guys Next time
1: Bye